Good morning, everyone. Talk Radio 930 WTAD, the Mary Griffith Show, rolls on. Fueled every morning by Harvest Ridge Coffee. The beans are always hand-roasted. You can get their signature blend. That's what we have here at the Radio Ranch. We've got to hit the middle of the road since we have so many people. But if you want something more exotic like Colombian Supreme or Kona Blend or the Extreme Blend or maybe Highlander Grog or French Roast is more up your alley, you can get it from Harvest Ridge Coffee. Have it delivered to your office. Buy it at the grocery store for your home or if you're out at about convenience stores across the tri-states, serve up Harvest Ridge. Joining me today, Dr. Tim Jacobs. He is a retired physician here in Quincy, so I can't talk to him about how my back hurts or whatever. You know, he's not interested. He's no longer giving out free medical advice, but he's full of all kinds of good advice. So first and foremost, Dr. Tim, how's retirement treating you? Uh, I should have done it uh, sooner, but... Uh, <laughs> well, your wife told you that, but you wouldn't listen. That's right. So it's I finally hard, did though. listen. Let's talk about that, because uh, there is a difficulty... When you're a physician and there's a shortage of physicians, Mm -hmm. not that it's your problem, but do you think you, not that you stayed too long at the fair, you were perfectly competent in your later years, but if there had been three people waiting to replace you, it would have been an easier decision, right? Yeah, we did finally find someone to come in and and help out, so I left them in good good shape, but you know know when it's time, but I do miss, uh, I I miss the patients, Sure. and I miss my colleagues, so, uh, but I think, uh, you know, COVID wore everyone out so yeah oh boy that took a toll so it was definitely time to go so you're enjoying your retirement and i know you are a travel and history buff yeah so have you been able to kind of get the bucket list are you are you ticking it off yeah in the fall we went out to the east coast and went to mount vernon and uh uh Jefferson's home and Arlington and just made a, a nice history tour. My wife's getting used to the history uh, things with me. so As long as there's a shoe store yeah. and a boutique along the way, she'll yeah. do anything, right? She likes the nature stuff. So, yeah. you know, as long as we can hit the Appalachian Trail or the <laughs> Natchez Trace and so, and, Honey, uh, on this battlefield, there was blood-soaked earth. But look at the birds singing <laughs> in the trees. Okay, good. You got a good woman there. She can find some enjoyment in the things that you enjoy. That is wonderful. Well, one of the things you have always devoted your time to, even when you were a very busy doctor, mm-hmm. has been the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County. Yeah. So proud of what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the John Wood Mansion at 12th and State, which they saved and restored. They had the parsonage next door for several years. They got that back in good stead and used it as an exhibit hall. Then they had 4th and Main come open. Mm, So that is an even bigger exhibit hall. And so, you know, between the cabins and the carriage houses and the mansions and the former libraries, the uh, Historical Society has a lot of property and a lot of exhibit space, and you use it to the fullest advantage. We do. In the, in the fall, we have the fourth graders come in uh, from all the schools, and we do a John Wood Mansion tour in the uh, old cabin and the livery. And then uh, we've just gone through the last two weeks, the fifth graders coming over to the History Museum doing the, uh, the Mormon uh, uh, exodus from Missouri. We do the Underground Railroad and the early history of Quincy. So, yeah, we keep pretty busy, and, and it has been nice to be able to do more with the Historical Society. Those fifth graders, we've watched them as their buses have let them off, and they're excited. And they come out. They seem to be perky, so you didn't put them to sleep. Um, You've probably been involved in some of those sessions. What 
What's the aha moment for fifth graders? What do they not know? Uh, I think uh, just learning about John Wood, I like to tell the story about where he was getting his mold and, and uh, they had chalk and talc all over him and he walked through the, the town back to the mansion and the children saw him, thought he was a ghost. <laughs> and so they went home and told their parents, we just saw the ghost of John Wood walking through uh, Quincy. So they, they like that. But also I try and tailor each school. So I tell the, the Lincoln Douglas uh, kids that that used to be on a, a grass airstrip. And we talk a little bit about Thomas Baldwin. And I told them that uh, that his plane that he built shortly after the Wright brothers was called the Red Devil. And, of course, their obvious question is, well, why are we the Blue Devils? So... I tell them that's above my pay grade. They'll have you to find tell them out because somebody didn't know enough history to know we should have been the Red Devils. And that's your job going forward. When you have to make up a name for something, find out what it is. Know your history. Know your history. Yeah. Very good. Well, we've enjoyed seeing the kids come through. The Underground Railroad is a hard concept because they literally mm-hmm. think it's a train sometimes, yeah. a subway car. Um, how much of it is, I know I love you, I love that you tell the stories, things they wouldn't know, and those are Mm -hmm. anecdotal, but how much do they understand of the Underground Railroad or the fact that, you know, Quincy was a a Mormon exodus town? Mm -hmm. Do they even know those things? Is this new information to them? Well, that's why we try to get them there in fifth grade, because it really blends into their curriculum and really adds a lot. I think uh, just in our short sessions over here, it, it sparks them to go and learn a little more about it. But they certainly find out that it's not a true railroad. Yes, yes, indeed. It is not a true railroad, but it is definitely an important part of Quincy's history. So have those come to an end, or can we expect more buses next week? Uh, we may have a few okay. stragglers next week, but we're about at the end of that. So, well, that yeah. is great. Just out of curiosity, who pays for all that? Who pays for all those fifth graders to come and have that program? Uh, there's no charge. Right, there's no charge, but it's all volunteers and the staff oh, yeah. of the Historical Society. The answer is the Historical Society yeah. provides it. The The Education Committee, uh, Cecil Weathers does a good job of putting it together. Mm-hmm. Beth Young helps with that. And then uh, uh, we have we just have great volunteers that have a passion for giving that history of the town. Well, that leads us right into uh, something that's happening this Sunday afternoon, we mm-hmm. can meet the artist, Faye Dant. She's a fifth-generation Hannibalian, descendant of slaves, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's uh, the founder of Jim's Journey, which tells the African-American perspective of Mark Twain and, and the stories of Hannibal. And she's an artist. So I'm going to let you kind of describe what's going to be happening. It has been happening. Her artwork has been up. Mm-hmm. But if you'd like to come and meet her and dive deeper into some local history from the black perspective. This is a good time to go to the Historical Society. Yeah, this Sunday, uh, Faye will be there. We have her collages up, and she will be discussing those and how she uh, how she goes about getting the material for that. And uh, she'll explain a little bit about what she does. Uh, we've had her before. She's a wonderful uh, speaker and, and a great artist. Uh, and we're, we'll have a little uh, luncheon uh, from the Captown Cafe, and uh, I think it'll just be a really nice afternoon to kind of uh, end the the Black History Month. Yeah, they're based on historic vintage photographs with historical narratives, and then she adds fabric to kind of make them a 3D mm-hmm. 
thing, and it's going to be at two o'clock Sunday. And you cu- you you perked me up when you said Captown Cafe. Yeah. If they're providing the food, I'm all in. Yeah. So do you know what's on the menu, or is it just Captown Cafe choice? Oh, uh, we're, I think we're going to have chicken salad. Oh, yum! Yeah. Chicken salad sandwich, and then we'll have some uh, sweets there too. Well, I take it, Dr. Jacobs, that you've already been to Captown Cafe this morning and have made sure that quality control is in in doom in place there, right? Yeah, I talked to Bill and Margarita, <laughs> and they're they're on the job. Yeah. Everything has been tasted and approved That's by right. Dr. Tim Jacobs. Well, slavery and abolition in Northeast Missouri uh, is something that even the Historical Society of Adams County and Quincy cares mm-hmm. about. And, you know, really, it, it affects our area so much because what happened across the, the river really defined our abolitionist mm-hmm. kind of tag. Now, not everybody in Quincy was an abolitionist by far. Uh, but they were in the minority. They were in the fact. minority, but they were vocal and they were strong, and they mm-hmm. were so counter. Uh, they were so counter what was happening over in Missouri mm-hmm. that they kind of made a little bit of a name for themselves, little troublemakers mm-hmm. over here, right on the Missouri border. This is not the only exhibit, however, up at the Quincy Museum at Fourth and Main. What other kind of things are going on? Because I understand there were some flappers and roadhouse. Uh, people coming in last weekend. Yeah, last Friday uh, we opened our uh, Prohibition exhibit and uh, the Roaring Twenties, and I dusted off my fedora, and I was I was there. We served... Uh, were a, you a law enforcement, or you were, were you a bootlegger? Uh, no one was injured. <laughs> uh, I was just keeping the flappers in line. Oh, I bet you were. <laughs> but uh, we did serve gin rickies. Uh, I had a thimbleful. I, uh, I I think it was made in a bathtub. So, but well, we the gin a... ricky is. I mean, do people order those on a normal basis? Because, I mean, really, that's not that's not a tasty drink. I mean, that's a strong drink. Yeah, that that is, yeah. and and. You know, but it's back good when, to know that that's what everybody resorted to back in the day. Back when the gin was made in the bathtub, you just had something to cut, you know, try and cut that uh, <laughs> alcohol. But at any rate, uh, everybody was well behaved. But we do have a nice uh, exhibit there. Uh, one of the things that you would see is a picture of a still in the basement of a church. I heard about this. Yeah. They actually used the church steeple to vent the noxious fumes from the alcohol making. So yeah. it was totally surreptitious. That's yeah. pretty funny. Well, if you go down to Herman, Missouri, hmm. they'll talk about the fact that uh, there was a church down there that kept uh, alcohol going, wine making going for sacramental purposes. Yes. However, the amount of barrels they were producing was far more than the communion rail supported, but that's how they got by with it during Prohibition. For sacramental or medicinal purposes, well, purposes only. only. Yeah, there was yeah. apparently a lot of people taking the sacrament in Herman during Prohibition, <laughs> according uh, to this. So that's just one of the many uh, you have permanent exhibits, and then you have rotating exhibits. And the, yes, so this do. exhibit about the roadhouses and the the yeah. blind tigers and the blind pigs and, and all these other things. The that player are piano is working. Oh, my. And it sounds a little off-key, just like you would expect in a speakeasy. So that was something. We, we have some bottles from that era. And I know when I was growing up, Flynn's White Soda 
was a huge thing, and we were so happy when we got it once a week or or less. But they have some bottles from the Flynn's uh, Bottling Company, which was the forerunner of Coca-Cola here, uh, locally owned. And so there's some really neat artifacts that uh, that you can come and see. And that is our our exhibit. It'll be up for at least six months. Um, just as a maybe a primer for maybe next fall, we may show uh, a Mary Astor film from that era. That would be great because a lot of people may not be aware that Mary Astor, who was in many, including the Maltese Falcon. Little Women, Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. She was the real deal. She was a famous movie star from right here in Quincy, and that would be fun. Yeah. Most have. people know her as her Quincy name, Lucille Langhanky. <laughs> Langhanky just was too long for the theater uh, marquee, right? Yeah. So she had to change her name. <laughs> Lucille yeah. Langhanky yeah. became Mary Astor. My guest today is Dr. Tim Jacobs. We're talking about everything that's happening at the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County, including a trivia contest they've got coming up. But this Sunday at 2 o'clock, you can go see the uh, artistry of Faye Dant from Hannibal. Listen to her talk about what informs her work Captown Cafe will be uh, serving up their famous chicken salad sandwiches, so uh, do get down and enjoy that. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with Dr. Tim Jacobs. And if you like trivia, he's got a chance for you to get up your trivia team and get going. We'll tell you all about it in the days and moments to come. Stay tuned. It's 934. We're back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD, Dr. Tim Jacobs, uh, my guest today, and we're going to talk about things that happen with the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County. They have a program every month, sometimes twice a month. Of course, you can always tour the John Wood Mansion, and if folks come in from out of town, the docents there are quite wonderful at uh, revealing all the secrets of the mansion. But uh, Trivia Night now, you don't have to be a smarty pants like Dr. Tim Jacobs to have a good time at Trivia Night. All you need is a couple of good people on your team. The rest of you can just drink beer. And so tell us about Trivia Night. Well, it's our third annual Trivia Night. It'll be March 23rd, and it will be at the Senior Center. And uh, we urge everyone to get a team together. If you're really smart, you can go by yourself. <laughs> because, but, yeah, who needs a team when you're just by yourself? Go alone. And so anywhere from one to eight people on a team, $100 entry fee, and there'll be prizes. Uh, if you do want to sponsor, uh, you can't come, but you want to sponsor, we, we feel free to make a donation, too. Uh, the one thing that we do want to say is we're using the Senior Center because our usual places uh, were not available. They were busy, and the Senior Center does have their own liquor license, so you will not be able to bring your own liquor, but there will be a bar, and it will be very inexpensive. Yes, it'll be cold, and yeah. they don't charge an arm and a leg. They don't. Yeah, they're very, very reasonable about the cost of their uh, yeah. of their full bar beverages. So. But you can bring all the snacks and, and goodies, goodies uh, otherwise. Want, otherwise. So yeah. This is going to be a really fun night. Now, obviously, some people say, well, I don't want to go because I don't know that much about Quincy history or Adams County history, so I wouldn't know any of the answers. But it's not all about history. No, it's, uh, it has some other things. So if you, you know, music or TV shows or, you know, a lot of it's general knowledge, too. So occasionally okay. they throw in a, a tough question because I thought it, they were a little tough last year. Well, sounds like somebody who did not win. 
<laughs> yes, but, <laughs> but we had a great deal of fun, and we had a charcuterie board that was so good that we, we got the uh, prize for the best food. Wow, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, again, you go to these things. They're a charity fundraiser, folks. Mm-hmm. There's a few competitive people like me that go crazy if they oh, yeah. don't know the answer. Yeah. But people say, well, you know, some of those questions are too hard. Well, if all the questions are easy, that it'll be a 100 to 100 tie at the end mm-hmm. of the night. Yeah. So you have to start gradually weeding out so that somebody emerges at the end of the night as the winner. But yeah. I always like to say... Uh, give us hope early on. So, you know, I'm not out yeah. in the first round. That's yeah. that's all I ask is Just, that I'm not out in the first round. How much does it cost to get into this shooting match? Uh, for a team, it's $100. Uh, there are sponsorships, too. Uh, if you if you want to just be a sponsor, we would uh, like $200, and your name will be uh, prominently uh, displayed, and you'll be given credit for that. But uh, certainly like to get as many teams as possible. Well, you've got a big venue. Yeah, so, we you have know, the whole activity center. Almost so. unlimited, yeah. to, almost unlimited, yeah. the number of teams yeah. you can have. Uh, quite quite a huge venue, and like you said, a cash bar right there. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to drag everything in. You can yeah. get a mixed drink or whatever you want right there. Yeah. Uh, that is something uh, to be said for that. Now, the money that you get from this, you know, when I think about because I kind of have some little bit of inside knowledge about what it costs to run the Historical Society. Mm-hmm. This is great that you're having this fundraiser, but this is just a drop in the bucket compared to uh, what needs to happen. So mm-hmm. let's take a minute. People, and I'm bad because I don't even know if I'm a member anymore because I really ought to just go and pay for my lifetime membership, but I'm going to walk across the street one of these days, and you know what? I'm going to buy my brother a membership, too, because mm-hmm. though he doesn't live in Quincy, to me, the best part of being a member is getting the governor's post every month. Absolutely. You get that magazine, and I tell you what, you'll find something in there that you can either read to your children or they can read themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they had an article on the street sweeper mm-hmm. in Quincy and yeah. the big noise that it made when it vacuum suctioned. And there's always an interesting story in there that will really hit a sweet spot, whether you're in your 80s or your 50s or you're a teenager. It'll mm. kind of be like, wow, that's cool. And I like that intergenerational atmosphere in the Governor's Post. And it is an award-winning magazine, and you get it free of charge when you join yeah. the Historical Society. It really is quite a quite a magazine. They have really good articles. And I'm, I'm like you. I send my brother... Uh, I get him every year. I get him a, a membership. He lives in Bo- in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right outside Boston. But he loves getting this. And actually, I did write a, a little missive this last time on the basketball team in Camp Point in 1940. The Camp Pointers. They, I read it. Yeah. The Camp Point Pointers and their almost year. Their almost famous year. Yeah. And that is the wonderful thing about it is that a lot of our local people – who are amateur historians, although mm-hmm. I guess people like Reg Ingram that have actually published a book, I guess he's yeah. officially considered a historian. You know, that's the kind of uh, moniker that you can get. It's not mm-hmm. like a doctor where I have to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be a historian just on my own. I can name myself one, you yeah. know, if I think I have a, a wealth of knowledge. But there are so many people who are members of the Historical Society. It is critically important that everyone, as many as possible, join the Historical Society. Because without our membership dues, the work of the Historical Society cannot go forward. Talk a little bit about 
some, I know you get grants. Mm -hmm. I know you get generous bequests. I know people donate. I know people are members. But talk about some of the things that are going to be happening Mm -hmm. at the Historical Society thanks to grants, bequests, and memberships. Right. Well, several years ago, pre-COVID, we did get a a large grant from the state to help make the uh, old library the Quincy or the uh, History Museum right across the street, ADA compatible. Elevator. We need an ADA compatible elevator and restrooms. And um, there are 26 stairs to get to the top floor where we have most of our programs. And that's why we've had to go to the senior center. And they've been gracious to let us use that for their programs because it is ADA compatible. We have um, that grant but because it's taken several years to get it, and we went through COVID and nothing was happening, and of course, what happened in COVID? Prices went up. And so the estimate that we would have gotten that built for is now a little bit bigger. So we are going to be uh, going out and doing some fundraising here in the next few months uh, to help get that money generated to make the History Museum ADA compatible. So... Uh, and membership is crucial. That is our operating funds for the year. And as you can imagine, the overhead for a mansion that's 180 years old uh, and a library that is nearly that old, um, it's pretty heavy. It is It is a heavy burden that this group of volunteers, this private organization mm-hmm. has taken on. First to save the mansion then to restore the mansion and to keep keep restoring it yeah. because it's a constant renovation in progress. Across the street, that building was built to last. That's one thing you can say about the old public library. When they put that thing up, they said, we're gonna, it's going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And it will be, but it has to be tuck-pointed. It has to be modernized so that we can use it. Uh, one of the things that's happened, and it's a good thing, you used to have your Sunday afternoon programs and you know, people struggled up the staircase, but mm-hmm. they got there, and you filled that big room upstairs. And then you started having programs that were so in demand that the fire chief had to say, you yeah. know what, you can't have them here anymore. And so you started going to the senior center, which is lovely that that is a, you know, that's a wonderful place in a public use area. Um, but again, we need to have the second story handicap accessible, and mm-hmm. hopefully. You know, it would be great if we still had so many people that wanted to come and hear a lecture on Sunday afternoon that we'd have to use a bigger venue, but it'd be nice to have those options. Yeah, we really need, we really need to upgrade, and, and so anyone that uh, uh, would like to join as a member, um, stop by. We'll, we'll sign you up. The minimal membership is what, about? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, and that yeah. gets you the governor's post. And then you yeah. can add you can add on to memberships, yeah. you know, of course, yeah. and the rest of it becomes a donation. People who are members get notifications of, like, the Gin Ricky party oh, and yes. stuff like that. I mean, the public is always invited, but you're going to know about it first mm-hmm. so you can put it on yeah. your calendar. In all your years of being with the Historical Society, I mean, you've seen some changes and everything. And one of the biggest problems has been uh, keeping a good staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got such a good staff, and they've been there for a pretty long time. Uh, unfortunately, Rob Mellon, the executive director, is kind of on, I swear, permanent leave because yeah. the military has called him to active service. And so he does write articles, and he does keep his hand in. But really, the volunteers and the skeleton staff have been doing a pretty good job. 
Yeah, we've had to scramble here the last couple of years. The good thing is Rob is back from Germany. He's stationed in downtown Chicago, uh, of all things. But, you know, Army intelligence and being what it is. Uh, But he does get back uh, on occasion now, and he's going to be writing some more articles for us and helping us put the uh, governor's post together, which he is very instrumental at. Yeah, it, it really is a beautiful article. The Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County, their programs are held, you know, monthly. Uh, Folks need to know more. They can go to your website, hsqac.org. Most of the things that they do are free of charge to the public. Um, If there ever is a charge, it's very nominal. There is always a permanent exhibit on. Um, I know in the summer you get a lot of Mormons down from Nauvoo. Oh, yeah. Uh, We are a gateway uh, to Mormon history, and a lot of people don't know about that. But, again, that museum, that building across the street at 4th and Main is responsible for a lot of people eating lunch here, and that is helping improve our economy. Mm. And let's not forget, there's also a <clears throat> gift shop in there. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Okay. So Tim Jacobs, my guest this morning on The Mary Griffith Show. Learn about artificial intelligence. Can it be scary? Yes. Does it have to be scary? No. You might as well get used to it. It's here. I don't think I have any intelligence. I need artificial intelligence. I don't have any natural intelligence. Dr. Tim Jacobs is my guest today. In addition to this Sunday where you can go see uh, artist Faye Dant and her work free of charge at 2 o'clock and hear her talk at the History Museum at 4th and Main, another thing invoking women is coming up. Yeah, in in April, we're going to have uh, a fellow named Tom Emery who wrote wrote a book, Notable Women in Illinois History, and I I think he was remiss because you were not in there, Mary. Well, give me time. But certainly some some big names like Jane Addams and Mary Todd Lincoln, Mother Bickerdike, Gwendolyn Brooks, the first African-American Pulitzer Prize winner. Pulitzer Prize winner, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so that will be good. That's on April 14th, and that will be at the uh, at the senior center again. And then uh, on May 5th, Father uh, Zimmerman, Father Joe, yeah, is going to talk about his book on the Franciscans and how they uh, came from Germany and helped shape uh, some things in America and Catholicism. And of course. Here in Quincy, we have many things to thank the Franciscans for. I want to thank them for my husband, because if his grandfather or great-grandfather hadn't come to build Quincy University Chapel, his downline would not have been here. And Bear's fan would not have been in your life. Bear's fan would not have been in my life. He wouldn't (laughs) have existed. He might have existed, but he's living in Steubenville, Ohio. So thank you, Franciscans, not only for educating me in my childhood, but for providing me with a husband in my aged years. That's going to be great. You know, as the Franciscans are becoming fewer and fewer, they're still associated with Quincy University, but no longer with a parish here in town. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of like we don't want that to be lost. No. And, and, so, and yeah, so yeah. many historic things, you know, you can pull those threads together. They may have started somewhere, but they have local history involved with them. And uh, and so um, I guess that leads me to June when um, Wendell Mauter is going to talk about D-Day. And um, because it'd be the 180th anniversary in uh-huh. June. And uh, he will talk about D-Day and also the Higgins boats that were built right here on Quincy Bay. Okay, the Higgins boat from Quincy, part of D-Day. Also, if you ever need a gift for anyone, a book, 
by a Quincy artist or author or a book about Quincy, even if they're not from Quincy. And one of the ones you would recommend is uh, one about Arlington. Yes, uh, Jim Peters' book on Arlington. Uh, we have that. We have many other local authors and uh, also things that highlight Quincy. We have some nice uh, selection of shirts and things like... Old Rough Brewery shirt, Ruff's Dick's Brewery. Brewery. Calf Town. Uh, so we have a lot of a lot of things over there. If you're looking for a unique gift for somebody who's from Quincy but doesn't live here anymore, it's a great place to go and shop. I love my cousins out in Pittsburgh. Especially love Quincy memorabilia. They really mm-hmm. they really enjoy that. Also, Phil Bradshaw, who was a guest on my show, and I don't want to say Phil's old, but Phil remembers being interviewed by my father. You know, in my father's younger years. So now that I'm interviewing Phil, I said, Phil, I don't know how to break it to you, but you're old. Is but he- Phil was involved in the first trade mission to China. Mm-hmm. And was a member of the you know, Soybean Association at the national level and has a lot of um, history from his own farm mm-hmm. and everything. So his book, and I forget the name of it, some like uh, My my Past in Farming is Your Future or something mm-hmm. like that, because food is what it's all about. That's what we all thrive on. And, boy, he has had a national stage. I think he said he's visited 26 or 30 different countries and mm-hmm. so he's quite that knowledgeable. Part of the Nixon thing uh, yes. in China. And he, he it was so there? interesting. You'll love this because it's mm-hmm. all about a story. Yeah. He was friends with Paul Finley. Sure. And he really Paul? the reason he became friends with Paul Finley was when he was a young man at Western Illinois University, they had a sign up said uh come to a rally for Paul Finley from Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. And Bradshaw said, "Well, I don't know who this guy is, but if he's running for you know, U.S. Congress, I had to go meet him. He said about four people showed up. That's how popular Paul Finley was back in the day, you know, before he made his name. So he uh, met Paul Finley, and Paul Finley was damn glad to have somebody come and be a campaign volunteer at Macomb. So they kept up a friendship, and one day he was out in Washington visiting Paul Finley, and Paul Finley said, let's go have breakfast in the congressional dining room. And uh, a little-known man named Herbert or uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was there, hmm. who would later become the ambassador to China and then the president of the United States. And yeah. while he was the ambassador to China, the China trade delegation under Nixon was going on in all this, mm-hmm. and uh, they needed real people, not just diplomats, not just bureaucrats. They needed somebody who knew what a soybean was and how to grow one to go over there and talk about trading yeah. real farm commodities. And Mr. Bradshaw I, was selected. I'm going to have to get that book now. So it's, yeah, I, I haven't read it. I've read like the foreword, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's brilliant, and, and he always goes, well, I just showed up. I just showed up. That typical and so he came farm, to, farm he came bo- to talk with you because you were a legacy because he talked with your dad. Yeah. Well, he said, "Are you Charlie Griffith's daughter?" I said, "Yes." I'm. He goes, "Oh my gosh, I remember being interviewed by Charlie." I said. I don't know how to tell you, Mr. Bradshaw, you're really old because I knew I knew my dad had interviewed him. Yeah. But, I mean, it's so funny because, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't that many people around who my dad, it would be 100. He's mm-hmm. been retired for 30 years. So mm-hmm. that means if he interviewed you, you have to have been a noteworthy person 40 or 50 years ago. You know? but, so, but all of us natives of Quincy know we'll always remember Charlie. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's always a pleasure. And history is fun, folks. Mm-hmm. And there's always a story. And Tim Jacobs has a lot of stories. So get to the Historical Society of Quincy and Adams County. And also mark your calendar for the third Tuesday of every month if you like Tri-States. History, the Tri-State Civil War Roundtable meets, and I always try to tell you about those meetings right mm-hmm. here 
Uh, they are a lot of fun, and a lot of people enjoy those. Tim, it's been a great deal. Thank you mm. for my gift from Captown Cafe. Food is always an appropriate gift for the Mary Griffith Show. And if you like Captown Cafe, uh, chicken salad, make your way there Sunday at 2.